0: It says you're here, but also says you're offline. I don't know how that.
1: I don't know how I switched it to that. I did it for my work thing.
0: Oh. Incognito oh. mode. Incognito yeah. mode.
1: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it's like can appear offline.
0: That's cool. But
1: it's not for you guys. It's for my work thing. <laughs>
0: where
2: Where do you work? I want to call them to let them know. <laughs> uh.
1: They send out a call every day, like, when we were supposed to work, but then they also send it on to the... And that's why I have it for this, because I don't have a phone. Interesting. So just so I know when I work that day. Very well.
0: Very well.
1: I'm not doing too bad, though. Um, I got the vaccine, Ooh. and second day was not very fun. Oh, God.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: first day wasn't too <laughs> bad, though. <laughs> uh. Nothing yeah, has
0: changed I, I, with me. Oh nothing.
1: No. Not
3: even a little thing. Nothing. Oh. Time uh, has passed, but he has remained static. Static.
0: Yeah. Uh Corey grinned at my brother's Karamazov post. That's good. Thank you for that. Oh, and actually, no.
2: Something something did happen. What I was happened? Reading trust. And apparently, your your child is a trustee. The trustee's name was William Shantz, which I thought was very Whoa. odd. Um, but he was a second, so I, it was like William B. Shantz the second, which is much cooler than Junior, by the way.
0: That's yeah, that's cool fine.
2: But I also despise people who name their children.
0: <laughs> uh, I feel like it's worth it once you get to the third or fourth third generation. Yeah,
3: well, once you're, you know, so and so the third or so and so the fourth, then it, it sounds like it's okay. But yeah, admittedly, if
1: you are the second, it, it's not nearly as cool. So my dad was William the Third.
2: There you okay. go. So. Was he a king of England?
1: <laughs> no, I think it's an English last name though. But no, <laughs> no king. There
3: are but a lot um, of Stanley Kozlowski is in my family, but I, I I missed that one. I was not in the direct line of succession.
0: Uh, Stanley
1: I would have been the fourth if I was a boy, yeah, yeah, it was like the first born of the firstborn.
0: Yeah, well, the totally generation
1: yeah, there you go uh, yeah, but
0: as far as I know, he's not the the uh trustee of anyone else. <laughs> his middle name doesn't start with the B.
2: Well, oh, I forget. I can double-check that. I can log back in to see to see the trust <laughs> document. But, yeah.
0: That is a super weird coincidence. <laughs> um, well, Ben hasn't played any more Nier yet. I don't know if you want to discuss that or do some other sort of thing tonight. I'm open up, I'm up to your all's suggestions. We, of course, played all the way past the, past the Leviathan. Okay. By a little bit at least.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I I mean, I think we got past the fight with Adam that we don't really partake in. Um, but I think we're, we're about to go back to, to earth, uh, pretty soon next, next week.
0: Yeah. So lots of stuff happens. Uh, and well, we could push for next time and do like a giant update. Uh yeah, I think that's a good finish idea. Out, like finish the rest of uh what's the name 9ss quest or his, you know, game or whatever. Um uh, that work for you, Ben?
3: Uh I hope so. Um, I'm finding less and less time to game. What with my new yeah. class starting up uh, this week? Uh, well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I can you... squeeze some in, there. and at the very least, like I know where we are going. So, uh, right.
0: If you have a finished game, you could like watch some cutscenes or whatever, because that's what I was finding. You can you can rewatch some of these little weird scenes at some point, right? Like they're in your menu. What do you mean, like? Rewatch them like in the gameplay. Yeah, at least. Yeah,
2: you can. Mm. Uh, you can go back in any like story or like. A, there's like a lot of items that you pick up, and yeah, you, there's like a log that you can go um, and watch all the the videos again, or like you know find all the descriptions for the items.
0: Yeah, it's the Intel tab, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I that yeah. Oh, and
1: uh, Steve went and that head that rolls around at the at <laughs> special shop. Yep. Emil. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm never going to remember the name. I'm horrible with names. <laughs> Thank you, though. Well,
0: oh, what is Emil?
2: That oh, was my pleasure. I completely yeah. missed him on my first playthrough of the game. Like, I, I, I beat the game without actually running into him. Which I find very surprising. Yeah, he's I don't of, know how that happened. It
3: makes a lot of noise. Like, it's hard to miss. Yeah, that, uh, the
2: uh, yeah. No, that's why it was so odd in my second playthrough. I'm like, wait, who the hell is this guy? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I shoot him down, and I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a traveling shop. And depending on where you shoot him down, like he offers you different items. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre.
1: I like the music with it.
0: Yeah, he's like an ice cream truck, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have those where you live at this point. They're already coming around here, though. Uh, The uh, neighbor across the street ran out and got some ice cream, and Stephanie was really jealous. But she hasn't done it yet. She hasn't broken down. Um, but yeah, but then so so, what should we talk about for this week? What's on people's minds?
1: And I, I still want about... to talk about how <clears throat> how um excuse me how the 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 thing the king thinks he's gonna grow up or how they're gonna grow up the king. Oh my gosh! That...
0: Yeah, yeah. They so do all of these little do all these little cutout scenes refer to the same person? Are they all about the? um like this this king prince type figure uh what, what do you what mean
2: like all of them like like the kind of like puppet show kind of theater yeah. thing with like, um i don't think so i i don't think that's all related to the king um okay. I don't, I'm not sure if we ever like really learn what it is, um, aside from, you know, kind of just a spoken history of robots and how they came to be. Um, you know, they're kind of like their origin story. Uh um, right. But, I, yeah, I'm not sure if they ever explain why it's 9S's voice who's doing all those things. Um, I th- think they're his memories. I, I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but... Um, Yeah, I'm not, you know, obviously, aside from flushing out this story, I'm not sure what the in-game explanation is for how those came to be and what, you know, specifically they're referring to. Well, like, I I don't know when they're saying that the king emerged or whatever from a volcano or whatever. (laughs) I don't know if it was a king, but yeah, there's one where was like, you know, it came from a volcano, and I I don't know who that was referring to.
1: Translation, maybe?
0: Well, I think that it might be like well, because it's called picture books, I'm noticing. My theory right now is that these are for the education of the young prince. Um, and I know that might not totally make sense within the frame of the story, but I like, you know, I spend a lot of my time now reading picture books to William. And so I feel like this is this is the best theory I have for what these things are. These are the way that robots are, yeah, teaching their young, whatever that means, right? Their Their own story of who they are. And so, yeah, so it starts from the, the god in the volcano. And then you get the uh, the shapes, right? When you go to the amusement park, you see the shapes and the heart is pretty prominent there. And then you have a couple that seem more closely related to the Forest King, possibly. Because there's one about killing the mom and the dad. And then there's one about the basically the people like living together forever and ever or something to that effect and and then it goes out to the deep sea uh and the the child in the depth of the ocean calling out to its mother over and over which is pretty sad and um again i don't know how the robots would have already gotten around to writing oh wait they would have written that story yeah because that was like an ancient Robot. Yeah, no, that, that still works. My theory still works, I think. Um, so that's my answer, Corey. I think they're they're going to read the child picture books and tell it about who it is. And that's how it so, will grow up.
1: But So this one won't be just imitating what it's seen before. It'd be like imitating imitations? <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, because that's what Adam and you were talking about at their table. Because we see them at their table a couple times. And one... One, they're eating apples, and one time they're talking about books. And it's like, why don't we just, you know, transfer the data? Well, Adam answers, you know, we have to, it has to go to your heart and not just your head. So, yeah. So it
1: would be like first generation then.
0: They, they will be. I see why
1: it's a king now. That makes sense.
0: I think they'll be more, yeah, um, educated in that way. I don't know. What, what are you going to say, Steve? Sorry.
2: Maybe maybe the player is the prince. Ever think of that? I mean, you were struggling with some CAPTCHAs the other day. Maybe you're a robot. <laughs> <I definitely laughs> uh, he's
0: a teaching you. Picture books. Thank That's you. for sure. I
1: like that.
0: And, I, and I'm really partial to these kind of puppet show style picture books, like the pop-up books. I do really love. Uh, William's too small for them still because he would just rip out all the pop-up things, but um, but we're getting there.
1: Fun. Soon. Just wait till you can make your own pop-up books with them.
0: Oh, that would be so cool. I did do that once with a seventh grade class for, for right. one of their projects. They, they got to make uh, not exactly picture books or pop-up books, but like we had some old overhead projector and the like transparencies that went with it. And so they each got to create a little story using transparencies that they oh, nice. display on the overhead projector. It was really cool. It was about Edgar Allan Poe stories. So I think it was pretty. I don't know. That's uh, how they make
1: like the glow in anime when you see like a really bright glow. Yeah,
0: that's saturation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that question is probably the one I was. I've been most interested in also is like what's going on with these cut scenes uh, this time around, um, which seem expanded. Uh, I think Ben, you mentioned the one about John Paul, right? Like, I don't know if you'd be able to catch that on your first playthrough, um, but it does kind of linger on him and and the, the text that goes with it this time around is a lot expanded, as well. Um, plus, we see that the songstress's name is Simone. Uh, so that seems like another big hint. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Now One that is- um, you mentioned something about 9S, I can't stop say- seeing him as like negative or like dismissive towards towards the machines. <laughs> can't right. help it. I like, can't not see it now.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that is kind of his arc, though, too. Where he begins as very dismissive and ends up becoming part of them in some way.
1: Yeah. You do kind of grow along with them. But like, it is kind of like a uh, racking going back to the original. And you're like, wait a minute. So you kind of like see both sides of the story and, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you're like, Kind of objecting to your own views in the first place.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. it is really striking that you know they do kind of chuck you back to square one um, in this second playthrough. Like you spend all that time with two B and nine learning that the machines are you know people or something close to it, and then it's just like now you are reevaluating evaluating all of their decisions in that light. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think the I don't know the nine S. 9S- story arc still, to me, is a a little bit more satisfying, actually, uh, from what I can tell anyway, than the 2B story arc. And maybe that's just because 2B's is not complete yet. Like, we haven't seen what they're going to do about the command and everything. But I'm a lot less clear, I guess, about what she is really... Up to at this point.
2: Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, when I was first playing it and like you start reading some of the weapon descriptions and uh, 2B kind of has the white ones and it's like the virtuous this, the virtuous that, that. Um, and then, you know, you start playing as 9S and he has, I forget what they call them, but, you know, they're, they're darker connotations. They're kind of like the evil versions. And I know like duality is a huge um, you know uh, motif of the book i can't think of the proper word but you know when you when i first played through i'm like wait 2b is the the pure one and 9s is like the corrupted Uh, you know i say corrupted but like the corrupted one but that i mean i guess that is kind of their story arcs um getting up up to this point which is again interesting that the robot who is designed to go and kill or the android sorry um is the is the pure one um, the less corrupted one, and, and the one who's just the scanner, who doesn't do anything except for gather information, is the one who has the kind of darker character arc.
0: Yeah, the the cruel oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the cruel weapons, yeah. It's
1: like the grass is always greener on the other side, type thing. I don't
0: know, yeah, maybe, maybe it's because he sort of steps back and observes and is able to, well, I mean, I think we're Before about you know. to sort of find out more, yeah, about what their whole mission is really serving. But um, but 2B doesn't really have any of that kind of, uh, I don't know, like, issue.
1: Discrimination, yeah. She's, she's not very, she
0: very And she is like, yeah, super loyal to him in particular. Uh, but I don't know. don't have a lot of sense of her kind of interior take on things. Um, well, anyway, so for that reason, I was, I was kind of thinking that A2 would be the third game. You have told me that we don't play as A2, so now I don't know what the third game is going to be.
1: I do want to know A 2s story.
0: I know. Uh,
2: well, you yeah, know, I think since since we're gonna be probably finishing the nine uh, S's story next week, we might get to see who the third character is. I forget exactly the series of events after we get the B ending. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to spoil too much for you guys. So you'll, you'll have. I want to give you a reason to tune in, right? So. <laughs> I don't it's a lot more enjoyable when I when I'm playing it with you guys.
0: That's good. That's I yeah, I'm i I'm keen to find out. Uh, but also what else is new besides besides the world of near automata? Um sounds like not much is new with Steve, but he's just I playing things, I'm sure uh, ah. you're not you're not super busy with work or anything like that uh, right now
2: um, no not not particular I mean we have a ton of work, but it's not unusually busy. Um, okay. and there's nothing like super pressing right now, which is kind of nice um, Dude. so yeah, so it's it's normal work days
0: uh yes yeah, so uh around here oh, it's i guess like, i also have
2: not been able to get the vaccine since you guys keep on flaunting the fact uh that, you know you have all and everyone in my life everyone who's gotten a vaccine has has felt compelled to tell me as soon as they got it
0: it's like even I when mean, I, I don't it's an ask exciting thing <laughs> it's happened in a year i mean come on uh yeah, but around here I think that they were... it's break. So so when I got mine, you know, I had a few days off. So I didn't have to like go to work or anything. So you might want to consider just uh taking a day or two off around the time you do get get it finally.
2: Uh yeah, my
0: one my one colleague
2: um she got it 2 days ago. She got the her second dose 2 days ago and she didn't come into work yesterday because she wasn't feeling well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, kind
3: of
2: also, apparently it's like super efficient. I drove by the uh, PA Convention Center on Saturday, and the line for people getting the vaccination was like blocks long. It was pretty yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, your your time will come. Should be very yeah. soon, I hope. Yeah, um, hope so.
2: I don't know. I get I get these notifications, and it's like the supply of vaccines being given to like Philadelphia is low, and I I, I, I find that hard to believe, considering how everyone else in my life has been able to get one.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah,
2: and and again, they had the convention center, and there were like throngs of people there. It's like I yeah I don't know why, but I'm I'm supposed to be waiting for an email from the PA or Philadelphia Department of Health. Um, but I might just have to take it upon myself and just go get some kind of black market vaccine.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go. So just find a line and wait in it until you're at the front, and then say, "You know, I forgot why I got in line in the first place, but here I am."
2: Yeah, Maybe. right.
1: So why are these people around you qualifying, but you're not? Right? I don't know. Are you not qualifying or just waiting?
2: Yeah. Um. Sorry. Well, that's the thing is like, I don't even know, I, I log into the Philadelphia, I mean, I haven't looked super closely for it, um, or, you know, super diligently. But when mm-hmm. I sign up and it says, you know, oh, you don't qualify, you don't have, you know, you're not at risk. Um, I guess I I guess I guess should have taken up smoking.
3: Yep, that's fair. that's <laughs> That would have made
2: my life a lot easier. Um, but yeah, so I don't, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll email you when when you can get it when you can get one." And it's I, I'm still waiting. Uh, but you're right. I don't know how other people are learning about these F- Philadelphia Convention Center uh, mass clinics going <laughs> on, and they just I, I completely uh, under the radar for me.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, here it seems like you can find ways to qualify. Uh, I don't know, um, at least. So Corey said, you know, her sister managed to get one, kind of going outside of town, uh, going somewhere else. Um, and yeah, here there's uh, not a convention Call. center, but like an arena, you know, and there's, there's you do you do have to make a reservation for it, but I think it's open. It's pretty much open to anyone at this point, I believe. Yeah. For you, Corey, you just you just like got a hold of somebody and.
1: I called a like a farm or a doctor's office, and they gave me like a four hours later appointment, like same day appointment. Yeah. And then um, I asked them if I could, which shot I could do, and they. Said well, whatever shot we have, and then I, and then they told me they had the one I wanted at the end of the setup of the appointment. Um, and then like I went in there, and it was just like a five-minute wait, and then I had to wait 15 minutes before I could leave. But it was really, like I was in and out in a half hour. But I was there early. But it was weird. It was pretty efficient. But they didn't ask me. They're like, well, if you qualify, and then they just asked me my date of birth, and that was pretty much it.
2: How rude. Yeah, you just got to come out You're here. never supposed to ask a woman her age. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it, it's not any, like, it's 35-ish? Somewhere around there. <laughs> somewhere around there. So, I mean, I'm not in any, like, weird category. I just don't imagine. Um. So, yeah, I think it's, like, anyone over 18 here. But, yeah, you should just come here and get one. I know in Idaho, they weren't even asking for ID at one point. I read
0: lawless land over in Idaho. <laughs> I
3: think it's also a lot of the supply and demand issue in Idaho. You know, they've got the, the <laughs> worth of vaccine and a lot of people who don't, don't want to get it.
1: Yeah. And they don't want it to go to waste after they open it. They got to use it.
0: Yeah, mean, uh, so I like, you know, being on break, I've been being pretty lazy uh but i have posted your page ben uh for the lost kingdoms
3: yeah i just saw the email
0: Uh, yeah yeah and so when your essay is ready i'll put a link to it there as well so it'll be kind of like kept even though it's as a blog post it'll get buried eventually right um and Posted all the programming links and things that we had come up with so far as well. Um I've kind of been posted. what's that?
2: Well that was in video game related news. Uh, the Thanks. world record for Super Mario Brothers is just beaten uh, today.
3: Oh wow. Today maybe.
2: Anyway, it's like the first Time it's been beaten in under four minutes and fifty five seconds. It's like four minutes fifty four seconds, fifty four point nine seven seconds. But it's a uh, it's it's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's like one of the kind of like the top tier like world records to get. I mean, it's so optimized right, at this yeah. point. Um, and then also there was the one copy of Super Mario Brothers that just sold for six hundred thousand dollars, which I thought was kind of bizarre. What? Yeah, someone what found about it. Apparently, it was like a limited run um, edition. It was a, it was a cartridge that only had Super Mario Brothers on it. So most of them had like Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And I think it was maybe even like a limited run of, of the, the standalone Super Mario Brothers. And someone found it in their desk drawer and it was still sealed. It still had its plastic tab on it that they used to hang on. You know, the display cases, and yeah, they got it graded, and it sold for $660,000. Oh, my gosh. Uh,
0: Crazy.
1: Who bought it?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. I want it to be a museum of some somewhere.
1: Heritage Auctions, I think I'm reading. I'm not sure. Could
2: be. Yeah, I I have no idea who bought it. I don't know why anyone would spend that kind of money on a video game like that, but, you know, to each their own.
3: I think I saw a news article recently, too, that they recently uh, had a new record on a comic book purchase. Like somebody found another copy of of Action Comics number one, which is, you know, the famous first introduction of Superman. Uh, Yeah. For some ungodly amount of money.
2: Yeah, that's another one of those Holy Grail type things. Like, you know, in the collectors. I think every collection kind of has those.
0: <sighs> I feel like there's a lot of kind of collector type news out there these days also. Yeah, just uh,
2: like- yeah I think people uh, are, I don't know, I don't want to say that they're like losing faith in the dollar, but you know, that they're investing in tangible assets for whatever reason right, um, right. Dude, yeah. get, uh, I, I watched I watched a video recently about like cards and card collecting and what caused it to kind of I think it was like in the 1980s when the stock there's something with the stock market so people started buying and like trading cards because people who were interested were old enough and had money and that kind of started this whole market for um, these, this tangible piece of tangible pieces of property. That's like meaningless to, you know, 99.999% of the population. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. The, I think it is a kind of, I think that's part of it, like an economic thing, but I wonder also about like the cultural side of it, you know, like the, the kinds of things that people <laughs> consider worth spending this much money on, um, Oh yeah, yeah well collectibles. The, yeah, the, these non fungible token
2: things now, where everyone now is you know, right. selling like, yeah, like digital cards. And at first, I thought it was silly, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I'm not sure that's any better than like collecting something in a tangible me- medium. So then I, but then I came to the conclusion that collecting something in a tangible medium uh, medium is equally as silly and useless as in a digital format. So. Um yeah, it was kind of eye-opening for everything.
0: Right. Yeah, I think once you once you stop and think about it. Oh yeah, there you go. The speedrunner breaks I 4.54 speed barrier. Seemingly perfect, correct. Yeah, so it's like nothing's nothing's completely proof I guess is the sort of moral of the story here. Um, There's no there's no perfect way to preserve your you know value. There's no perfect record that will stand forever. Uh, I don't know. So
1: I guess it just means there's something to strive for right?
0: Yeah well and I just I mean I think that there's also something to be said for like you know having having certain kinds of experiences or something like that right like the way that um you choose to spend your time say versus making a lot of money and investing it and all, all this and that right like I think there's something to be said for that as well uh,
1: Actually, I heard that like the million, the millionaires, or, yeah, is it millionaires recently or trillionaires? It just went up by like five trillion dollars. The millionaires and six hundred and sixty more millionaires just this one year, yeah. out of like Isn't a fourteen hundred or something, or like twenty eight hundred now, and they added six hundred and sixty this just this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's Austin been a good year it. to be like super wealthy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Good year
3: for consolidating wealth. Consolidating, indeed, indeed, yeah. Uh,
1: really spend. It that's
0: on what I was, Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like the um, if you if you do start getting into the Brothers Karamazov, before very long, there will be a very important sum of money that that enters into the story. Have you have you got to the important sum of money yet, anyone?
1: I've just gotten to the um the third son so far okay but i think i'm about there probably i mean why else are they all meeting up
0: they're all meeting up right and they'll have they'll have their big argument at the monastery and then they'll all leave um and then in the next section you're kind of going around to different people's houses and so you'll see them in their like natural habitat so to speak um and at the end of that section, so at the end of the third part, I believe, you'll learn more about this this money that's kind of at the root of everything. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and it just, crazy thing. Like, I don't know. it just seems like we have such a such a different kind of take on money now because it's not it's not usually like a physical thing you know that you can hold it's like a like a vague notion you know it's a number somewhere credit, on a, yeah on a spreadsheet yeah.
1: or social security numbers are just lines of credit,
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, like I can understand like the appeal of having like a tangible thing then you know like a, a valuable. You know, piece of art or collectible or whatever it might be, like that. It kind of makes sense. Uh, anyway,
1: watched on Netflix a show called Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that was a good uh,
1: movie. I liked it. It's one of the yeah. better Adam Sandler movies I've seen recently. Were they on? A, they were on
2: a boat, right?
1: Oh yeah. I remember mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. And it references um, Murder on the Orient Express, like, right at the end. That's the book I'm reading, so. Uh, Intriguing. But, yeah, it was a good mystery. I like that, too.
0: I was watching your High Score show that you told us about. I'm, nice. like, halfway through think? it. It's good. Uh, it's some of it's stuff that I have never heard before, like, the thing about the name Kirby being like the lawyer who helped them win the Donkey Kong case um, like I'd known about the Donkey Kong case a little bit at least but I didn't know that that was where they got the name Kirby as like an homage to their <laughs> to their defense lawyer in that trial um,
1: that was there, cool. there, there were a lot of little fun facts that I kind of I, kinda, I yeah. some of them I already knew but like how like big of a culture it was in Japan that, um, right. Just uh, arcade games at the time, like the need for video, like personal consoles, how it arose yeah. from that. I feel like. No, yeah, I really like
0: they, they say something about how, like, I could see the back of the truck sagging under the weight of like all the hundred yen coins or whatever, and that's when I knew that we had a hit on our hands. Like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> You're like, they're like, the whole country was like short of cash because people were spending all their money in the arcades when Space Invader came out. Or maybe it was Pac-Man, I don't remember. But...
1: All the coin currency. And exactly. Yeah. Lot of coins.
0: Hard hard cash. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's worth yeah, checking it was out. Uh I don't know. I feel like they kinda like linger too long on certain parts of the story where it's like, okay, we could move along maybe and like I don't know stuff like um, uh, the uh, the kid who wins who who wins the competition. You know, there's like a lot of shots oh, yeah. of that that I was like, uh, okay, could do with that. What this. competition? Uh, in 1990, like- yeah, there's like a, oh a nationwide tour to promote Nintendo and find the best Nintendo player. Yeah, okay. it was like. You know, like get fifty coins in Mario and Oh, Nintendo um, World
2: Championship.
0: There you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's crazy to think like back then how, how difficult it was to have a competition like that. Like uh <laughs> it had something similar for the Super Nintendo. I mean I d I haven't watched the show, so I'm sorry if I, okay. I am kind of just like telling you stuff you've already learned. But yeah, you they had the, seen they the had, like,
3: Super
0: Nintendo, we haven't got to Super Nintendo yet, so I don't know if they'll cover that.:
2: uh, Well, they had the same thing for that. And I remember, like apparently they had uh, trials at like Blockbuster back in the day. Oh, I forget what the games were on that, but it was like equally stupid um, with the, you know, what, what was it? So it was 50 coins in Mario, a certain amount of points in Doctor. Mario,
0: and then what was the third game? Well, the ninety, the nineteen ninety one was Mario and Ridge Racer, I think. That's what I thought. And then Tetris. So, uh, they, the Tetris they... was apparently like the the main event, though. Like that's the one that counted the most.
2: Was it? I thought. Oh, was it Tetris?
0: That's what they Why were didn't saying. Why did I think it was yeah. Doctor Mario? I mean, maybe there's another a later iteration of it, or something.
2: Yeah. Well, no, they definitely they did another iteration of that. I th- I would I want to say like six years ago ish. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, I, I, it's probably like on the twenty fifth anniversary or something like that. And that one definitely had Doctor Mario on it. Um, because I like you could get NES remix on. Um, the Wii U, which basically just had like a bunch of micro-challenges and and, like a lot of uh, old-school NES games. Um, And one of the things you could do was like the Nintendo World Championship um, trials and see how like well you could score.
0: Dang. Yeah, so there was also like a special cartridge that went with the 1990s World Championship. So yeah, so I is that how you kind of came across this story originally? It was like looking for rare rare games and stuff. I think I was watching a
2: video by the angry video game nerd. And and in one of the episodes, there's another uh, YouTube personality named Pat, the NES punk. And so they did like a collaboration uh, where One of them, oh, I guess Pat owned one of the Nintendo World Championships, one of the gray competition carts. And so, you know, AVGN invites him over and they're trying to, like, barter some kind of trade. And uh, he's going to give a box of of just old games. Uh, The nerd is to to Pat the NES Punk. And while Pat's going through it, he finds the gold cartridge from the Nintendo World Championships, which is even rarer. And only 10 of those were, I think, ever made. And they all went to, like... Cont- not like I-, I think it was like Nintendo Power. You had to write in or something to enter to get one of them. It wasn't like competition anymore. related. Um, anyway, so that's how I first learned about it. And then I think it, well, I think it was fun. on Pawn Stars too. The Pat the NES Punk. I think he was on Pawn Stars. Um, you know, getting it appraised by by Rick and Chumley.
1: I mean,
0: yeah. It seems like this is a pretty. Mainstream kind of thing now, so. But yeah, hundred thousand dollar bid for the the gold Nintendo World Championship card. Yeah, crazy, weird.
2: Yeah, I don't know. What else? What else did they talk about in that uh, show? Or did they just stop at Nintendo World Championship?
0: I I noticed that they. They go out of their way to kind of tell a more diverse version of the story than you might expect. Uh, So they include um, a gamer and developer, uh, Becky Heineman, uh, who was like male at the time but is now female. Um, They include people who uh, developed like the first interchangeable cartridges for some system, I don't know what it was called, but uh was developed by a black guy, uh like a black engineer in Silicon Valley back in the day. Um and his story has been kind of like erased apparently. Um wow. so they like interesting. they they go yeah they go down some interesting avenues and the and yeah one of the like RPGs that they focus on like the whole third episode is devoted to RPGs and they talk a lot about one that was uh made by a who wanted to like make fun of people who were homophobic basically. So like all the enemies in the game are like, um, corrupt politicians and preachers and you like fight against them and, you know, save the day or whatever. So, uh, so that's kind of, kind of interesting, I think, um, getting it sort of that, that side of the audience. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. I, I need to follow
2: up with this RPG. Well, what, yeah. what like?
0: It's who, called, who made this? It who... Uh, it's it's like a game that is meant to uh, you know mimic an RPG. Basically, oh, it's called Gay Blade. That's what it's called, Gay Blade. Yeah. Um, Gabe like, Yeah. Instead of fighting random monsters, you're fighting against uh, people who are i think the final boss is um pat buchanan like the conservative you know politician guy so, yeah.
2: Holy shit! yeah okay all right yeah i'm looking this up on wikipedia fast it was released in 1992. yeah
0: yeah so you could probably emulate it these days i guess i don't know what system was that wow. even
2: holy shit! yeah i had no idea that this existed that's interesting <laughs> What? yeah yeah oh so, so okay so you could play it on Microsoft Windows or Mac uh,
0: yeah they, they focus a lot on like uh, Ultima so the Ultima series and how it um, integrated like morality into its like fourth game or whatever so Ultima 4 like tries to get the player to basically act better because <laughs> the developer was seeing how players were just like not I don't know. Being responsible agents within the world of the game.
3: Um, I found so it yeah. on where Everyone can play it now.
0: There you go. So there it is, Gayblade for Windows. And is that going to be our next uh, assignment <laughs> after Nier? I mean, it's a it's a contender. Uh, I mean, the graphics look like pretty good. Also, I was pretty impressed with. Um, what they were able to do on the software at the time.
1: I'm interested to see, uh, yeah, how well they do. So, find some footage of that. But yeah, the yeah. series the series is pretty good in six parts, I think, right?
0: Yeah, and it's not like it's not like exhaustive detail about stuff, um, but it definitely brings in a lot of cool stories that you can. You can kind of go down a rabbit hole with some of these things, I think. Probably with any of them, honestly. Uh,
2: Have you guys... I forget what the name of it. Yeah, there's a a movie called Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. And it it talks kind of about how arcades got really popular. And there were some kind of like rock star gamers. And how it just kind of follows their story from... You know, rising up, uh, you know, it's like video, you know, these are like 16 to 20 year olds who Uh becomes, again, like somewhat famous for playing video games. And it kind of follows their journey um, and where they are today. And it's as nerdy as you would expect it to be. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's an interesting watch just to kind of see how popular arcades got and then how quickly they just kind of fizzled out.
0: Yeah. No, it's making me think of King of Kong, which I have watched. Uh, oh,
2: God, don't even get me started
0: more... on that.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: well,
2: it's, yeah. it's, I, I really enjoy that movie, um, but mm-hmm. there's been stuff that has come out recently that I always thought that maybe Billy Mitchell got like a bad rap in uh, mm-hmm. King of Kong, Um mm-hmm. You know, I always thought that the director took a lot of liberties in, in the way that he portrayed everything that was going on. But apparently Billy Mitchell is actually just like a giant scumbag. And Walter Day, who was the head referee, and all the other famous gamers were, like, colluding to oh, man. to validate, like, certain records so that people could uh, could claim that they had all these kinds of uh, world records and stuff. Interesting. Um,
0: yeah, there's just yeah, there's too much money involved for there not to be corruption. I feel like so makes sense. Well, I, I don't even know if there was that much money back then. There was so Terrible. much money. It, yeah, I mean for for a period there, right? Like they do they do definitely take a dive, and um, Nintendo comes in, and then you have you know sort of the, the rise of the modern video games, but there. There definitely was like a golden age there, where there was a ton of money in this stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I get, get that. My point is, afterwards, when that kind of d- died down, and uh, Twin Galaxies became kind of, I guess oh, okay. they were the the gold standard when it came to record keeping and stuff like that. Like, yeah. the, like Billy Mitchell, like they pre- they they allegedly perpetrated this fraud, like up until like two years ago and someone bought twin galaxies and immediately sued walter day and uh, uh okay. billy mitchell um for fraud because you, you know he he got there and he found that what they were doing and he's like this business isn't worth as much money as you uh claimed it was right like you didn't disclose the fact that this was a fraud and that the um, company doesn't actually have as much value as you you claimed it did
0: Gotcha, got gotcha. you, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it sounds like almost a version of GameStop, right? Like, the same kind of questions. Are well, I, don't even talk.
2: I don't even want to talk about
0: GameStop <laughs> this week. <You> know, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to talk about GameStop. No, it's but fine. Yeah, so it's
1: fine. I didn't ask. I was going to ask.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can today just throw Maybe just throw out a number, Steve. What what is it trading at today? Oh, today, uh, like one hundred and seventy. That seems robust. That seems good.
2: Um.
1: What was it at in its height? Say that again. Um, what was as like peak? What was it at?
2: Oh, uh, back in January, it peaked for like, uh, about like four eighty a share. And then wow. a couple of weeks ago it got then it fell back down to 40 and then it got back up to 330 and now it's kind of deflating back down to 170. Um but I'm hoping there's another spike uh, because I am an idiot and I have not played this correctly at all. So nice. anyway,
1: <laughs>
2: it's hard to time the market.
0: It's too it's too early to tell, man. Who knows? Who knows?
1: yeah, I keep wanting to try out, but I uh, like I don't even know where to start. I'm, uh, yeah, I have that same anxiety towards it. I don't know what to do. Uh,
2: yeah, no it's it's I mean I got Robin Hood, which is the app that was kind of famous when they stopped allowing people to buy GameStop shares back uh, when this all first blew up. Um, so a lot of people moved on from them, but you can download Robinhood, and they'll let you trade options. If you just consent, which is really stupid for people who don't know what they're doing. Um,
0: yeah, I wouldn't do that, Corey. I wouldn't do that.
3: <laughs>
2: I certainly no, would I not do the options trading, but, uh, at, or, nor would I ever go on margin to, to trade, um, because I, I don't trust myself, um, to, to like not roll the dice um, and I know that I would have I, it's too risky for me I guess is what I'm trying to say
1: yeah there's a bunch of stuff out there now recently um, that makes it easy for you to invest I've noticed there's even stuff for kids to invest with their parents permission they can invest their allowance oh my god I'm really young
0: that's nuts I don't know how I feel about that Uh, I am just looking at all these, you know, Google has thrown up all these, like, video game movies now because I searched for the, um, what's it called? The Chasing Ghosts. So,
2: Chasing Ghosts is is a more, I think, like, pure portrayal then it's it's less sensationalized uh than king of kong was right there was no kind of goal you know you had the the, the underdog of steve weeby um who got fired <laughs>
0: Such a character.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah like the downtrodden like teacher who got fired and is trying to break into this and the establishment is trying to keep him out and the mo- uh, and then there's so anyway so that kind of had like that that story um, the, the movie basically just followed that story, but again, but chasing ghosts, it's more, again, just kind of informational.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like speaking. Of, sorry, sorry, speaking of video game movies, um, we'll have to discuss Mortal Kombat. If anybody's seen advertisement for that new one?
2: Oh, <laughs> it looks amazing! I'm so excited to go see that. Oh my God.
1: Very excited. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. Uh, oh, no,
2: that's ahead. fine. I was just about to ask, what's everyone's favorite video game movie? You know, or, you know... Uh,
0: oh,
1: man. I, so many I, of that.
0: There, is a, there is a movie called Surf Ninjas uh. that deals with a magical uh, game gear game, I think. Or maybe it's the the hardware? I forget now. Um, but that's that's definitely a contender
3: in my book. Uh good one. Um, I feel like if I say Scott Pilgrim versus the world, I'm cheating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one.
1: I like it.
3: I like it.
2: Yeah, no, that is a really good... That's that's a really good answer. Good answer. Good answer.
3: <laughs> well, thank
2: you. Yeah, survey says number one answer. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're right now that you mentioned that. I, yeah, definitely. Um... Well,
1: um, well, if you're going to go that way, I like Ender's Game.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting choice.
1: That's a good one. I don't know if any of you read Ender's Game, but yeah, that's an interesting theory on warfare.
3: I, I know the book. I've never seen the movie um, since it came out, but uh, a friend of mine it's was not worth really it. deep into the Orson Scott card. like World... Um, well, that's
0: the rub, isn't it? I mean, he's like a terrible person. is Is what I've heard.
3: Yeah, so he, he's pretty. Like having, phobic.
0: yeah, like he um, he belongs in Gayblade as a as a mini boss <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I never heard that. I, I
1: think, yeah, yeah. I just like the theory on the whole, like the the just the story itself. I don't think it like goes past the second book very well, but the first, like the idea behind it, I really like.
3: Yeah, I, I think you know. I, I think this is one of those cases where, while like Card is obviously a, a divisive figure in his own right, um, you can in fact appreciate the story as he's telling it without getting into his politics. You know, it, it's a little messier with something like Harry Potter, you know, because all that money ends up back in J.K. Rowling's pocket, where she can use it to do whatever she wants with it. Um, but, <laughs> The card, I think, is is removed enough from the property, and it's old enough that, you know, it, it has a certain life of its own at this point. Uh, but maybe that's just me not appreciating the situation as deeply as it ought to be.
0: That uh, seems fair. Or, I don't know. I, honestly, I still like go watch the movie, probably. I, I didn't love the book. I, I do find it interesting, though. It, it definitely raises some interesting questions. Uh, yeah. About these, like, Child soldiers who, well they think they're playing a video game. Uh, but anyway,
3: Plus you get into that whole like, genetic manipulation thing with you know, the, the sort of strongly implied backstory for you know Ender and his family all being
1: like these super children, Just super genius. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that kind of explains his older brother. God, you know, yeah. The story what a, of him.
0: Yeah. Creepy Keeter Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, he did a really good job at the bad guys, so that would explain something. <laughs> um, the the video um left out a lot of stuff though. It's not even the same.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Same story. You can't really, like, describe a lot of things that you do, like, where he soaps himself up to make sure that he's slippery so that <laughs> so that he, he wins the fight or in the you know, the guy hits his head. Right. But it doesn't do anything but, like, show him just rubbing the soap on him once. But you don't know, you, like, don't even notice it. And it's, like, the whole point of him telling the story in the first place. Yeah, I, I think
3: a lot of that, you know, I, I want to say that that movie came out right about at the same time as, like, the Hunger games and all this Adolescent aimed science and mm-hmm. movies was really becoming like the big popular thing in Hollywood. And I was very much sort of riding those coattails. Um, like, I couldn't have my time wrong on that one. I could very well have been before, you know, Hunger Games really blew things up. But it, it definitely has all the earmarks of something fairly shoddily put together that the studios were like, well, this is a popular thing, and if we make something on um, the cheap and get it out there, we'll make some money. Hooray!
1: Um, All right. Which... Mm-hmm. I
3: actually saw uh, Chaos Walking last month, which was a movie that I don't think anyone noticed besides me, who was eagerly anticipating. You were
0: excited about it. Yeah, I remember. How was it?
3: Uh, it was... What's it on? The... They did a lot of it really well, but it uh, it like, the third act fell apart is kind of what it came down to, um, at least for me. Like they were following this, the, the book pretty closely for the first two thirds of the movie, and they absolutely nailed uh, the characters and the world. Like Tom Holland was amazing. I never expected that from him. Like, you know, he was fine as Spider-Man, sure, whatever. But yeah, he absolutely got the sort of brooding, angry masculinity um, that the the character really requires. Um, Because the the whole book is is very much about like men and the expectations placed on men to be men. um, And sort Mm -hmm. of how that breeds a, a kind of horrible culture among men who feel obligated to enforce that amongst themselves. You know, very much the, the the toxic masculinity thing, but you know, much more insightful than the internet usually usually tends to represent it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like it it was it was well executed. I liked what they did with the noise. I liked how it was presented, and sort of you know made visual. Um, they, they did a couple of gimmicky things with it, but nothing that I can't forgive. But then at the in the third act it was it was very obvious that once upon a time this was gonna be a three movie series, and somebody um, in the studio was like, Man, now it's just one. So figure it out. And it's like, oh, no. I guess we gotta wrap up all these plot threads real fast. And it, it kinda it kinda showed. Like it wasn't bad by any extent of the imagination. I, I've I've seen worse adaptations. Um, And this was strong source material to begin with, but but yeah, I was a little disappointed. Homer.
1: Homer. Yeah, they did that with the Avatar movie as well, like part one, and then I've never seen a part two or three. Not the the one of the blue people, but the right, the Avatar: The Last last Airbender.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I had heard that about that movie as well. Yeah, there's a lot of failed projects like that in Hollywood. Like, I think my all-time favorite was that time that they redid The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and they were obviously like teasing the entire cinematic universe, and the movie bombed so badly like, they just scrapped the whole project.
0: Uh,
3: like they had Russell Crowe for, for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, it was wild.
0: I mean, yeah, you can throw a big-name actor in there, but you gotta have... I don't know. More than that, going on.
3: Yeah, the the story itself was very much a mess. They they were trying to ride the the Marvel coattails and very much did not get what made Marvel work, uh, and didn't have the the gener- generosity of the fan community like the like uh, the DC movies did. <laughs> So as, as awesome as it would have been to see, like, a, a dark universe with, you know, Frankenstein and the mummy and, you know, werewolves and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and all those, you know, classic universal monsters kind of hanging around. Yeah, we missed that that one. They, they, they fumbled it, and we were not interested in seeing what they were going to do with it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, yeah, I mean... Uh... Is there anyone who can contend with the Marvel Universe at this point, or is it just sort of like the pinnacle?
3: Yeah, it's it's tough, and I know that that's that's kind of a divisive subject in its own right now because like Disney owns everything, and it's really uncomfortable. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you know, at the same time, like Sarah and I have gone to see Marvel movies together ever since we were dating, um, with very little compunction. And the fact is, you know, if like there, there comes a point in a franchise where you, where you see that they're just phoning it in, um, that they're making mm-hmm. all the safe bets. And Disney has never done that with Marvel. Like every time that they had the opportunity to do the safe thing, they didn't. Um, like, you know, as much as as much as a lot of people complain that the, the movies get samey or they have like the same sort of uh, tapioca moral to them. You know, they keep bringing on new talent in the way of directors, they keep bringing in new actors, they keep changing up the roster, like, they're, they're not afraid to totally radically shift the the universe and the, the storytelling as it's gone so far, like, they're willing to do some fairly experimental stuff, like you see with WandaVision or, or Falcon the Winter Soldier now, um, like, they're they're willing to be bold, which is what you're supposed to do when you have a franchise that everybody is already on board for. Um, mm. Like it's kind of like you know when, when Star Wars: The Last Jedi came out, they had Rian Johnson direct it, and like he did some really crazy stuff, and everybody like went nuts, and the whole community tore itself apart. You know they risk that every time they make a movie to some degree, but they're so deft. That um, it never it never really explodes. Um, so I, I'm still interested to see how it goes. Um, like as much as as much as a lot of people are kind of done with it, um, I'm I'm still on board. Like I left Star Wars behind quite a while ago, as far as you know the, the choices that Disney was making with it. And that's yeah. despite being a Star Wars fan for basically my entire life. Um, well, yeah. But but yeah, like I'm a newcomer to Marvel, and I'm pretty cool with the way that they've handled it so far.
0: Dude, yeah, it looks like we've got a ton of stuff slated coming out over the next few years. I'm S- not looking
3: at this at all. They got Sam Raimi to direct the new Doctor Strange. I am over the moon. Uh,
0: yeah Doctor Strange is pretty interesting Doctor character.
3: Yeah, I really liked the first movie. It was an interesting entry and you know and already Strangely diverse catalog, like one that a lot of people overlooked, but just was really visually interesting and had some really interesting character dynamics. And like some of my favorite fight scenes ever <laughs> um, just like the one where they're rebuilding the city and like people get punched into walls as they're getting like put back up, so they're stuck in the wall now. <laughs> like it's, it's some really cool stuff. Um, and the, the fact that they decided to go, you know, all in on the second movie and get Sam Raimi to direct, like, good grief! Yeah, you have my you have my attention, Disney. That's yeah. that's how you do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is such a big part of like the collective imagination at this point. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like. If there is anything it's it's the video rings. games. Like if there is any countervailing force to the, the Disney it's a Nintendo or something like that, right? But they don't they don't really compete on the same playing field exactly, so it's hard to I don't
1: know. I played this game a long time ago. Maybe any of you guys know it. Um, it was for, like, PlayStation 1, but it was, like, Marvel versus Capcom or oh, okay. something yeah. like that. Capcom versus something?
3: Yeah, they've made several sure. of those since.
1: Is it Marvel and Capcom? Yeah,
3: Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, yeah. So you get, like, all the, the Marvel heroes. You get your Spider-Mans and your Captain Americas and your X-Men all fighting against, like, Mega Man. and various Resident <laughs> Evil I just remember there were...
1: So many characters to choose from, like when I played back then, like more so than other games I played. Yeah, fighting game.
3: Yeah, I think that was. I think I played one of the Marvel vs. Capcom games and got like stupidly good with Gambit oh, wow. and annoyed all of my oh. friends all of the time. <laughs> like they're like, "Hey, I got this new game. I've been playing it for for hours." And I'm like, "Okay, let me try it." and Just took people apart. <laughs> it was very. Uh...
0: Hilarious.
1: Yep. I think I always um, cheated and played the one that had the, the uh, that shot something. Oh, Maybe okay. Maybe one of the volley, volleyball, like the, you didn't have to get very close to actually hurt someone, so I call oh, it okay. cheating. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was easy yeah. to do that. But I liked how you could also switch your characters, so you could have like a team and right, go yeah, in between like that. that. was the first time I've seen that. Them.
3: You know, oh, uh,
0: yeah, that's right. I remember, that I remember seeing that in the arcades way back in the day.
3: Yeah, my that's... my traditional fighter of choice was Soul Calibur. Um, but, yeah, I, I played a I... Marvel vs. Capcom. And, you know, I played, like everyone in the 90s, I, I snuck a copy of Mortal Kombat and played it with my parents weren't looking. Yeah. <laughs> I think I picked up Street Fighter 2 at one point as well, like when they re-released it for the Wii on the virtual console or something. Uh, but yeah, Soul Calibur was was my jam. I, I, I played a mean nightmare.
1: I liked how they did different characters for the different systems for Soul Calibur. Yeah. Special
3: characters. In Soul Calibur 2, they had Link for the GameCube release. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had, uh, what was it, Kratos? The guy with the, the rings. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who it was for Xbox. I think, I don't think anyone... It's that guy with the
1: ring. Was it? Spawn or Spawn. I can't remember now.
3: Spawn. Spawn for Xbox. Somebody else for PS2. Now we probably should look it up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I remember (laughs) getting really good with Link on on the GameCube version. It's the only only Soul Calibur game I still own, but... That franchise also got kind of silly, as I recall. Like, what was it in Soul Calibur Four? They had like Darth Vader as a playable character if you bought it on uh, um, Xbox One. Bruce Lee, Yoda as well, was uh, the PlayStation, yeah. And that's so that game has such favorite. like ridiculous lore. Like, yeah. it is so deep. Um, there was this great Super Bunny Hop video where he actually looked at all the Soul Calibur characters. And like actually fixed them historically. Like, said, would Cervantes actually have been a Spanish pirate in you know the 15th century? Would you know like uh, all of the all of the characters coming from all the disparate parts of the world? Like, he was actually looking at the entire world at the moment of the Renaissance, like when *Soul Calibur II* is supposedly staged, and you know how accurate. The characters were and it was surprisingly close like it, it, what you know it, it's still a video game logic and the ridiculous plot tying it all together but the characters were rooted in actual historical realities uh, cool. which is kind of fascinating
0: sounds like one you might need to at least reference when you do go through all your assassin's creed and uh, what me.
3: yeah <laughs> like i really want to do something like that i absolutely want to just sit down and blow through the entire franchise at some point but there are so many games and they're all so long and the same yeah, yeah. Game play over and over uh, yeah i have no idea how i would actually approach such a such an undertaking just
0: well you should assign you know assign it to your students like one game to each kid <laughs> and they go then you just compile their projects together into a beautiful uh, show or book or something, you know. Yeah.
3: But a lot of it too yeah. is just like the comparison from game to game. Like mm-hmm. for, for all of you know the, the sameness that that franchise has come to represent. Like there's some dramatic shifts in how that game was presented, how that story was told over the course of its lifespan. Like. I've been gradually working my way through the first game which is sort of famously loathed for having repetitive missions and and kind of uh dull uh gameplay and you know it when you when you actually like look at what it's doing it it's going for a kind of stealth gameplay that really hadn't been done at that point um, where, you know, they, they gave you all the materials to track down where was your assassination going to take place, like, here is the location, here is where the guards are going to be set up, here is where the, you know, your target is going to show up, here are his escape routes, like, can you plan for every eventuality, and then, like, nobody cared, <laughs> like, nobody played it that way, they just, you know, killed the right. guy and, and ran away, and, and that was the fun part, so they are like, alright, fine, never mind, we're never going to do any of that again. From now on, for all Assassin's Creed games, it's going to be, like, go to place, do thing, move on to next place. Like, just, it's, it's so weird to me, because, you know, it's one of those things where they, they had such such an interesting idea and such potential, and then, like, just abandoned it, Never just never mm-hmm. saw it. Um, And and you see other stealth games doing different things. You know, you've got your Hitman, where you learn your levels Mm -hmm. and and get your disguises. And you've got your Thief games where, you know, you learn like the layout of the place and you're constantly staying in the shadows. And, you know, you've got a lot of indie stealth games like Mark of the Ninja or the Swindle doing various takes on various things. But the idea of being able to like plan your heist, plan your attack, like you, you, gather information as part of the gameplay and then organically and sort of in the, the engine figure out how you're going to, to go about it beforehand. Like, I don't think that's ever been done, um, mm-hmm. which is a shame. <laughs> like, another one of those, you know, I just want to, like, point all the game developers at it and be like, guys, this, this, can we do this? Like, like yes, it, was, it didn't work here. Can, can we make it work? <laughs> what right. else do we need?
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, it does sound kind of like what Steve was describing with the Hitman game that he's been playing. But I don't know if it's quite the same. Uh,
1: yeah, Hitman.
3: I don't know. Um, it does I the same reminds me of Tenchu. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't played the Tenchu game, so I don't know. Like the closest. A lot one of repetitive,
1: like stealth. Like you have to like take out people without other people noticing. The uh, stealthier that- you are, the better ranking you get.
3: Yeah, I that I've seen like that you can find in like a Dishonored or a Thief or you know there, there are a lot of stealth games that have kind of worked that formula, um, but the idea that like you've got to case the joint um, mm-hmm. and then you know make your own plan for how you're going to approach it and then go about it without the game holding your hand about it, like that's that's what I want to see. That's um, I, I think the closest I've seen was was probably the indie game Monaco because um, it was like a top-down 2d co-op stuff game um, which was weird in its own right um, but like each of the players had a, a separate power that they brought to to the game so like you could have one person who was a hacker and he could like get onto the computers and turn off lights or, or open doors. Um, you would have like one person who was the cleaner, and he could like knock out guards and drag them away. Um, so you know there was there was a lot of potential there, um, and you know when you've got a, a well-oiled team that like knows how to get through the levels, and you know you, you're working efficiently together, then it's really awesome. But Because co-op, it more often just devolves into chaos and everybody, like, running around with, like, chicken their heads cut off (laughs) while all the alarms are going.
1: I mean, that was my favorite part about the GTA when they put in the, um, where you'd have to work together, you'd have four people that would work together to, like, rob a bank or the bank robbery, the heist. They put together heists, on that.
3: Yeah, they did that in the Payday games, and I heard really good things about that, like working together to, to pull off the heist. Know, one of you. I mean, everybody had their specific
1: job. Yeah, they had to do it. It was—it yeah. was a lot of fun. My favorite part.
3: Yeah, it's a really cool game design idea. Uh, I'm, like I'm always excited to see asynchronous co-op gameplay uh, when people can pull it off. It's a, yeah, it's a tough nut to
1: crack. Yeah. Good yeah, but once people. you do finally find those people that work together, it makes it all that much more worth it. Yeah, that's like... the thing.
3: yeah. When, when you when you as a team are like really clicking um, and like you're anticipating each other's moves and you've got you know a routine, you know that's that's when it's truly gorgeous. Like I've had that a couple of times, not often, but like Ryan and I, uh, we played Overwatch for a while together. Um, and I was, for a while, I was playing uh, Angel, the the healer, and then I would like switch to the the one guy with the big shield. I forget his name, um, but we had a rhythm. Like I, I would protect, and he would run forward and like kill people. And, yeah, it was a it was a great feeling. Like <laughs> as violent as it sounds, but like when when you're on a roll, when you've got a, a a system that works when you know you're in sync with with the other players. Like that's something that no other medium of art can deliver. Like that's everything great about you know an actual team sport with. Yeah, I say that's what people like about and, sports. Yeah, yeah. But it's Ooh, all man. can also afford to be more complicated. Like you've got to keep a team sports rules simple in order to you know get people to play it with you. <laughs> Uh, but in a video game, like you can let the computer do all the hard stuff. Um, so you know you can all play wildly different characters, or have wildly different roles, or you know have an elaborate like landscape or or
1: arena to, to play in, and you know it's all fun. Right. Yeah. There's no a uh, PTSD involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Also,
3: yeah, like shooting people in a game is way less scary and bad than shooting people in real
0: life. <laughs> I mean, that is another aspect of the I don't know, the game medium that I think hasn't been fully figured out, right? It's like the the tendency for most games to go to veer towards violence, yeah. pretty in a pretty big way, right? Like, I don't know. Uh it's something we haven't talked about a lot with near Automata, maybe because most of what you fight is machines, and so it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel as icky somehow, but.
3: But at the same time, anyway, that is one of the things we of point about out. that, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you play a game like a Call of Duty or something. They just tell you, here are the bad people, shoot the bad people. Like, oh, are you you worried about the moral ramifications of what you're doing? Well, stop. Here, they just did a bad thing, so now it's okay to shoot them. Whereas in your automata, you know, you shoot them because you're told that they're bad and you gradually discover that maybe they weren't as bad as you thought. You know, that's the arc that 9S and 2B are going through. They're learning that maybe these weren't as impersonal and evil as we originally thought.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, that's, I think, I mean, that's a lot of stuff for us to work through. Um, bef- between now and next week, so watching like, you know, 20 movies, <laughs> reading a few books, playing a bunch of old games, uh, I gotta turn in here. Uh, Thanks all. Have a
1: good night. Yeah. All All right. right. Farewell. Take it easy. Thank you.
0: See you next time. Bye. Aloha.